Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic. In today's episode, we're talking about the Democratic and Republican conventions. We'll break down how both parties made their pitch to Arizona voters. Every four years, supporters of the Democratic and Republican parties pack convention centers and arenas to nominate their candidate for president. This year, that's a bit different. Instead of large crowds and falling balloons, Zoom meetings and video live streams took its place. The COVID-19 pandemic ousted the idea of a traditional convention. However, the party's messaging is the same in a lot of ways. Both say this election is more important than ever. This time, Arizona is a battleground state. The Grand Canyon state has been a historically red state for decades, and only once since 1952 has Arizona turned blue. That was in 1996 when Republican presidential nominee Bob Dole lost the state to President Bill Clinton. This year, Democrats look to achieve that blue victory once again in Arizona. They plan to ride the same sort of blue wave they saw in 2018. Last week, we saw Democratic leaders speak at the virtual convention. This week, the Republican Party takes center stage. Let's dive into the Democratic National Convention first. We're going to take you behind the scenes of what you missed during pre-show events. In an Arizona-specific event, Democratic leaders spoke to Arizona's delegates. They made their pitch to voters in the state. DNC Chairman Tom Perez spoke first to the delegates. He reminded them that Trump supported former Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio. When I hear uh, this president talk about how he's going to be the law and order president, uh, his definition of law and order is Joe Arpaio. He said that was the difference between Trump and Biden. He said they prosecuted Arpaio while Trump pardoned him. Arpaio recently lost his Republican primary race to once again become Maricopa County Sheriff. Perez said their focus was also down ballot. I want to make sure you know that while we are absolutely focused like a laser on helping Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get across the finish line, our mission is to elect Democrats up and down the ticket. And we know that we need two seats in the House, three seats in the Senate, and we flip those. The DNC's theme was uniting America. This was echoed in the Arizona delegate meeting as well. Everybody is together, and our unity is indeed Donald Trump's greatest nightmare. So let's give him a nightmare a night for the next 75 nights and then end this nightmare that has been Donald Trump. Vice President Joe Biden's campaign manager also spoke to the state delegates. Jen O'Malley Dillon spoke about how Arizona was the path toward victory. Um, you know, we often talk about Arizona as a as a state of the future. Well, guess what? It's a state of right now. And you guys know that because you have helped make that happen. She said Arizona will have all the resources it needs to assure a blue victory in the state. She said they'd work with local leaders in this partnership to learn how voters are feeling and to get a sense of how to engage them in new methods. 
like a virtual convention like we have right now. It might be using old ways of engaging, um, which you know is phone calls and texting. But ultimately, we wanna make sure that we're showing up for the voters. We're telling the story of who the vice president is, who our leadership is with Senator Harris. Former presidential candidate and U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Julian Castro, also joined the call to encourage voters to vote for Joe Biden. At the same time, he touched on the subject of immigration and how a Biden administration would differ from the Trump administration. That immigrants who come here with a dream, a dream they share in common with generations of people who have come from all over the world, they're not going to be treated cruelly, but they're going to be treated in a reasonable, common sense way with compassion. All of that is worth fighting for, and now is the time to fight. The call ended with Dylan once again solidifying Arizona as a battleground state. And I cannot wait to come back and talk to you guys as we get into the fall and be the one of the many champions of Arizona as a battleground state for the first time in presidential history and forevermore, um, because you guys are going to be the ones that take us over the top. Yvonne, you were at the convention in Philadelphia four years ago and uh, helped cover the Hillary Clinton campaign throughout. Um, how different does this year's convention for the Democrats feel in terms of how they're pursuing Arizona than it did four years ago? So Hillary Clinton visited the state, I think, only one time uh, in October, right ahead of the election. And a lot of people were very happy to see her come to the state and took it as, you know, a sign of the state's then kind of emerging status as as potentially being on the cusp of, of being battleground status. You know, what seems to be really different this time is that the state's delegation and Democrats more broadly seem singularly focused on one thing, and that is beating Donald Trump. The other thing that I think is really important here is that um, Democrats and uh, the Biden-Harris campaign are spending millions of dollars in ads, in English, in Spanish, on all sorts of digital platforms to um, really try to engage new voters and to speak to people in a way that I don't think we've seen certainly in recent history. And on Monday, President Trump was formally renominated as the Republican presidential nominee. As expected, all of Arizona's delegates cast their votes for the president. Madam Secretary, in order to keep America first, the state of Arizona casts our 57 votes for President Donald J. Trump. On the first night of the Republican National Convention, most of the speakers, with the notable exception of Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, struck a dark and pretty dystopian tone. If there was a theme, it was this, be afraid. They cast Democrats as radical and warned of a socialist takeover if Biden and Harris are elected. And the speakers praised Trump's response to the coronavirus on multiple fronts. The praise came even as talks for another financial relief package in Congress have stalled. It's worth noting that Democrats had darkness at the beginning of their convention as well. Think of Michelle and Barack Obama giving what amounted to stern warnings to the nation. But the Democratic convention pivoted to Biden's readiness by the end. The Republican convention kicked off with what was at stake for America 
And in many ways, it seemed to be a repeat of ideas from the Cleveland Convention four years ago and the president's following inaugural address. By the end, we may see the president move more to the promises made, promises kept sort of theme that he's used during his repeated stops in Arizona, including in Yuma last week. Right. So on the same day that the DNC delegate meeting was happening, President Trump landed in the border town of Yuma, breaking with tradition. He delivered a 45-minute campaign speech while Democrats were convening virtually. He touted the endorsement of the Border Patrol Union and reaffirmed his promises on the border wall, the lowering of prescription drug costs, and his strong support for the Second Amendment. Of course, he began by attacking the Biden campaign on their immigration plan. Biden's plan is the most radical, extreme, reckless, dangerous, and deadly immigration plan ever put forward by a major party candidate. It must be defeated, and it will be defeated on November 3rd. With immigration being a top concern among Republicans in this border state, Trump used a lot of his time to praise his fellow Republicans' efforts to crack down on illegal immigration and to invest in the border wall. Here in Yuma, Arizona, we've invested over $1.7 billion and poured 180,000 cubic yards, that's a lot of concrete, to build 108 miles of powerful border wall. I know who's going to vote for me. I don't know, though. I think I'm going to win Yuma. What do you and think? while people were chanting for four more years, Trump didn't downplay the urgency of the election. Be careful with your ballots, but get out there. November 3rd is the biggest date, one of the biggest dates in your life. In many cases, frankly, it's the most important date of your life. We've seen heavy investment from the Trump campaign in Arizona for more than a year. At the beginning of this month, Vice President Mike Pence visited Tucson and Mesa to meet with voters. And the hotly contested Senate race is also at the top of mind for both parties. I think this is the year. Mark Kelly is going to be part of that wave in the United States Senate. Martha McSally is an extraordinary person and she's fighting for us and she's helping us. And we have to bring her into the Senate. Thank you, Martha. And I would expect to see the vice president return sometime soon in September. Both Democrats and Republicans feel the pressure to secure the state for their party. Trump won Arizona in 2016, if you'll remember, by a very slim margin, just 3.5 percentage points. Democrats see this year as their best year and their best chance to close that margin. But Republicans have a plan of their own. And believe us, they are not going to go down without a fight. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Ron, there were direct appeals in the Democratic uh, National Convention's programming to Arizonans by Arizonans. How did that contrast with the Republicans' convention? Yeah, so I think that uh, for Democrats, this is an opportunity to pick up a state they really haven't had much success in for a generation or more. They are speaking to Arizona about uh, issues such as diversity and the future of this country, democracy. These are the kinds of uh, thematic uh, kinds of issues that I think 
are, you know, sort of helping drive this state in a new direction politically. And Democrats are not backing away from that. Compared to the Republican approach where, you know, sort of one of the major uh, pillars of the Trump presidency and the campaign both to become president and to remain president has been about border security and immigration reforms. Uh, this is something that affects Arizona, yes, because we are a border state, but it's also uh, intended for a more broad Arizona or for a more broad national audience. And I think that um, Arizona, it feels like is sort of being singled out for uh, different reasons by the different parties. Um, Yvonne, so let's turn it around here. Are Republicans at any kind of a disadvantage coming after these conventions, uh, after these Democratic uh, appeals to Arizonans and and such, are is the GOP in a in a rare you know sort of playing from behind kind of mode? I think what is most striking about what we've seen so far from the Republican convention is that it is pretty dark, and to win over you know these undecided voters, which is you know we're talking six, seven, you know, percent of voters who haven't yet made up their mind. I, I have to wonder how the, this messaging, pretty dark and scary, you know, socialist takeover, be afraid sort of messaging. How does that play with some of these people who, you know, want to be hopeful about the prospects for this country, want us to get on the other side of this pandemic, want a vaccine, want the economy to recover. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure how this plays with these folks, especially seniors. I mean, we've talked quite a bit. I mean, this is a, a group of people who have been, you know, really impacted by the pandemic. And if they're sitting at home watching this, I have to think that a lot of them are awfully afraid and not not uh, as hopeful maybe as they were a week ago. And I mean, I think it remains to me seen how much influence these conventions really have on voters anyways. I mean, are these guys just talking to their bases or do you think they're reaching out and reaching new people? Yeah. So I think that the story of American politics for a while has been just how polarized we are. And I don't see these conventions or these candidates really being able to change that dynamic in any meaningful sense. Look, the fact is most people made up their minds about one second after Donald Trump was inaugurated as president uh, four years ago. Uh, you're either with him or you are, uh, you know, against him and, and now on board with the Biden ticket. And these conventions have tried to sort of speak to some of the concerns that people in their party corners may have had. Clearly, the Sanders camp, for example, is really trying to um, come to terms with the fact that they're not going to get somebody from the uh, more progressive wing of the party as the nominee. I think they have fallen into line from all accounts. Uh, and we did see that with the convention for the Democrats. You know, you look at the Republican side, uh, we saw that former Senator Jeff Flake and Jim Colby, a former House member this week, also uh, sort of put their name and, and name, uh, reputations toward an effort among Republicans 
to vote for Joe Biden. They are trying to peel off support among Republicans in Arizona to try and uh, bring decency back to the party and to the White House. The fact is that it's not clear that they speak for many people in the Republican Party anymore. Uh, and in Jim Colby's case, he is not a member of the Republican Party anymore. He's an independent. So I'm not sure how much either of these conventions really sort of change a dynamic that that seems pretty well set and has been for years. And we'll be working on a piece that will run over the weekend in the Arizona Republican AZCentral.com that examines just that. Well, that is it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. As a courtesy note, audio in today's episode came from President Donald J. Trump on YouTube, the Arizona Democratic Party, and NBC News. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez with oversight from Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.